0: History History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. Pleased to meet you.
1: Pleased to meet you.
0: Welcome to episode 26, John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne. Gacy. There's a big difference. John Wayne. Between John Wayne and John Wayne Gacy.
1: <laughs> John Wayne, national treasure, I'd say. Uh, yeah, 100%. Say. John Wayne Gacy, not, not that. Not that. Uh, no. Uh, nope.
0: Not a treasure Different at all. guy. Definitely.
1: Different. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm good. Good.
1: Really selling it. Really convincing.
0: Living the dream. Yeah. No, really? This is my favorite time of year, everybody.
1: Hall- Halloween's?
0: Halloween's.
1: Halloween's?
0: Yeah, it was the first day of Halloween, October 1st.
1: First day of Halloween?
0: Yeah. <laughs> huh? So now we got like 31 days to have a party. Mm-hmm. That's how I like it.
1: Why is it it your favorite? Is it because of all the spooky stuff or like the weather or why?
0: Well, you know I run hot. Yeah. So the weather being cold is always good. Yeah, I agree. And then I love spooky stuff. And I feel like during that time of the year, it's not weird that I've got stuff that's spooky all over the place and like on my body. On your body? Like when I wear spooky stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm, Mm-hmm. It's just
0: like accepted. I feel that. You know, but really Halloween is all year round. for me. This is a great time for me to get like decorative items for my house. Mm. Like that are there all year wrong. All all year. All all
1: year. All year wrong. All year wrong. It's borderline racist, but I'm going to let that one slide. That is. Yeah. Way to go.
0: Unintentional.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Good save. But still good. I saw a dude the other day at a bar with a, like the original Halloween movie poster. It was Mm -hmm. like a shirt. I was like, I need that shirt.
0: That's a good shirt. awesome. Yeah.
1: And he looked, yeah, less murdery because it's Halloween time. Right. If he was wearing that in, like, July, i like, mm.
0: Nobody questions it.
1: Yeah, I feel that. it's October. Yeah, true, true.
0: But, yeah, so my favorite time of the year. I would
1: agree. Me too.
0: Yeah. Halloween in, like, haunted houses. Mm. We need to go to one. I just went to one. You didn't invite me, and it hurts my soul.
1: <laughs> but whatever. We'll go to another one. Yeah. It's weird, though, because all the people are wearing masks. Like, all, all the, the, like, the actors.
0: Well, that makes it less scary. they like, so like, boo, and
1: I'm like, you're afraid of a cold. <laughs> you don't scare me none. <laughs> oh,
0: man, so what if they were wearing yeah. a mask, though? They I mean, still I have don't to think, wear one?
1: No, 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 I don't think if they were wearing, like, a, like a silicone a mask. Cover. Yeah, I don't think they would have to wear, like, a mask on top of that.
0: That would be funnier. Or maybe it's that in, inside. <laughs> that
1: would suck.
0: Then you would not be able to
1: breathe. At all. Because you already can't breathe in those things. No. So it's like, put a mask. Mm. Yeah, nope. Terrible. But it's just funny. They're like trying to scare you. They like hop out from around the corner. and They got a fucking <laughs> panties Ooh. on their face. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they I you didn't even afraid think of about a call. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like being <laughs> the way things are nowadays. Yeah,
1: unless they're <laughs> far, far away. Yeah, but then it's not as scary.
0: Like we want to go to that one wagon. It's like a mm-hmm. tractor pulling a big wagon, and so I hopefully, but they do like get on there.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they do that anymore. 'Cause they used to I don't know if that one did, but some of them used to like touch you and they're not yeah. doing that now because yeah. it's like
0: COVID, huh? Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I'm just glad just that bring... they're still open, to be honest. Yeah, I, I know. didn't know how this was gonna go. A lot of shit's been cancelled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But they're doing the best that they can with what they got. So
1: Well it's like even down like the Oregon district, they close. they have like a Halloween thing every year and they closed it. But they're still gonna have like the bars open that day. So I mean right. I'm it's sure people be... are just gonna
0: well, and you can drink... Can you drink on the street there all the time?
1: Now, since they closed the ends of it off? Yeah, you can walk around now. So it's basically like it was.
0: Yeah, they're just not officially, officially doing it. And it'll
1: close at 10. Right. Well, I'm sure people will be there after 10.
0: Right. Hmm. But, well, yeah. well, I'm
1: sure they just had to do that, like... Yeah. For the public. The CYA. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: Anywho. Happy Halloween, y'all.
1: Yep. Happy Holla jeans. Wear your favorite jeans and... Be spooky. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> a good tagline for you. Uh, so, how many downloads we got?
1: 8.5 thousand. Woo. woo woo. We are really like going quick. Yeah. It's like we go up at least 500 a week now.
0: Yeah. Which is that's pretty, pretty exciting. That is.
1: So, every two weeks we got another thousand.
0: That's great. So, thank you everybody who listens yeah. to us ramble on mm-hmm. for hours at a time. Yep.
1: We and appreciate if, you. If this is your favorite first episode listening to us. Yeah. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit it. Just keep listening.
0: Do it. It's only and,
1: going to get better.
0: And then go back and listen to all of our other episodes. But yeah. just know the farther back you go, the, the worse we are. It gets. We suck.
1: We improve quality pretty quickly, I would pretty say. Pretty quick.
0: I think the fact that we're looking at each other and talking to each other is a lot better, too. Because we yeah. can have a conversation and not just be like...
1: Reading, looking at a wall.
0: Reading. Because that was not fun.
1: Well, just... The audio quality, like the first couple of episodes, was not very fantastic. Because we had one mic, and the mic was placed on the table. So anytime yeah. you touch the table, it was like, it would make a noise.
0: Mm-mm. So
1: now we have these fancy arms and two different microphones. and
0: We, we bougie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But it just, yeah, made a big difference yeah. in the quality. Uh,
0: we did a t-shirt giveaway. Mm-hmm. So the, the winner was Ghosty Girls Podcast. Yep. We ordered that shirt and it should be on the way to you. Yeah. Uh, Jordan designed some cool, like, it's
1: kind of a uh,
0: horror campsite shirt.
1: Yeah. From an undisclosed movie.
0: Yeah. That, that might have a
1: machete wielding killer. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Who really, maybe it was his mom in the first one. Yep.
1: They let him drown.
0: But that's all yeah. circumstantial.
1: Yeah. Could be based Could off. Could be. Loosely based off. Possibly. Yeah. Please don't sue us. No. But no. we're going to do a sticker giveaway this month. Yeah. So keep your eyes open for that. And I think... We'll probably pick a few winners.
0: Yeah, we got some stickers. Yeah,
1: we'll probably pick a few.
0: But I think that uh, with this one, I think we we didn't get maybe as many participants as we would have liked. Yeah, but it kinda I kind of made
1: the things muddy. The rules kind of muddy. Yeah. I think I made it too complicated. Yeah, he did for sure. I fucked up, team. So, My fault.
0: But Ghosty Girls, they they followed that shit to the T.
1: They were on it, yep. So
0: we appreciate them. And go give them a listen.
1: hmm yeah, They're great. awesome.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, So, yeah. So they won the T-shirt. We're going to do a sticker giveaway this month, and Jordy's not going to screw it up. It's going <laughs> to be very simple to enter. Maybe
1: we'll do one sticker giveaway. We'll give away a sticker every week in ho- in October. How about oh, that? Yeah,
0: that's my favorite holiday. Uh, wow. Well, I didn't know How'd that. How'd you know? <laughs> we should do that. But
1: that'd be good, yeah.
0: Okay, it's been settled right here, folks. So sticker giveaway weekly. Boom. So get on that shit, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Don't make it complicated. Okay. These people want a sticker. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, Patreon tiers. Tell me what it is.
1: So for two dollars a month, you can get next week's episode right now. Now. Right fucking now.
0: Right now, not later.
1: If you're wondering when now. it is, boom. Right now. Right now, it's yours. Bang. And then with that, you also get a 10% discount to the, the store.
0: Things guns, pew pew, 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 discount, discount, pew, pew. You can't pass it up, folks. Oh.
1: And then we have a $5 tier that will get you next week's episode right now.
0: Today. Pew,
1: pew. Pew. A 20% discount to the store.
0: Pew, 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 pew.
1: <laughs> and an extra episode every single Friday.
0: It's getting better.
1: Yeah, it is. The first couple were kind of like mm, feeling like the we waters. we don't know
0: what to do, but now we know. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to love it.
1: You're going to fucking love it.
0: Guaranteed.
1: Definitely worth $5,
0: If you love us, you're going to love it. Yeah, yeah. And we love your $5. Yeah. So, Boom. get on it.
1: And we, yeah, we're, we will use that to, uh, again, keep upgrading the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to
1: keep. And then we eventually, someday, want to do a video video so we'll have, we don't
0: have like the space
1: yeah it's kind of be we have the weird setup jordy's We're gonna, gonna make have to work like, but it'd be
0: get another house
1: yeah have to get a house with a big room
0: it could just happen. for
1: this yeah it'll happen one day yeah but it'll uh yeah so eventually we might have another tier that has video and we'll put that on youtube
0: or like a basement
1: but we could have That'd be spooky let's we'll see the spookies
0: I don't know. It's Halloween.
1: Spookies can't get the spooky out of mind. But it's yeah.
0: Halloween every day.
1: Yeah, so one day we'll have that going. So yeah, if you're interested,
0: stay tuned.
1: It's Patreon dot com slash Mystery History Podcast.
0: Yeah, or you can go to our website. Yeah, And
1: there's a link there as well. Mystery History, History Podcast.
0: Podcast. Podcast. Oh, we said it together. Echo Echo. Dot <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And there you can listen to all of our episodes. You can look at our merch, mm-hmm. that cool shirt. The giveaway that we did with that shirt is available for purchase. It is. And you got what? Sweatshirts on there?
1: Yeah, we got sweatshirts, uh, hoodies. Excuse me. Uh, we have like baseball looking t shirts. Yeah, so it looks like cool. it's from the 70s.
0: Ooh, with the Kelly Greens. Yeah, yeah, we got Kelly machine.
1: Green. We got red. And we got, they're called Ringer Tees. So it's like the, the shirt's white and like all the. Um, like around the neck and around the sleeves is black. Yeah. So it looks like it's like from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool.
0: Pretty cool. So uh, the next thing, real quick, Kofi. If you want to, <laughs> <pew, pew>, <laughs> if you want to get us a coffee, you can go to Kofi and search "Mystery History Podcast." Buy us a cup of Joe. Uh huh. It's getting cold out there.
1: Get that coffee, boy.
0: We need to get us <laughs> warmed up. Okay. <laughs> And then we already discussed merch. So, do you have anything else you'd like to talk talk at these people about?
1: Oh uh, no, just uh, subscribe, rate, review. Let us know what you're feeling, what like you're yeah. thinking, on the Only iTunes, good. on the iTunes, on our Instagram, Mr. Mystery Podcast. Send us a message,
0: mm-hmm.
1: talk to us, say what's up. Yeah, say you guys suck. Don't or be like you guys are the shit.
0: Yeah, I like. We'd much better. rather see that one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, if you think we suck, just don't tell us. You know, no, I don't like say it. what you want, but say it like in the mirror. So you're just having a conversation with you.
0: Yeah, because we don't want we hear
1: don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> wanna, yeah.
0: oh, just kidding. You tell us how you feel, but uh, but make sure it's good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> be open and honest with us, only if it's good. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Okay. Good. we're on the same page.
0: <laughs> shall we? Uh, shall we dive in? Yes. We got a lot to cover. Like a lot.
1: So this guy was a Western movie star.
0: No, <laughs> wrong guy. Wrong guy. Totally. I mean, they don't even look alike. Okay, kinda. I mean, no. If you close your eyes, never, and think about John Wayne. No, I feel bad for John Wayne having to have a John Wayne gay. I'm sure he was
1: named after him. Probably. John Wayne was like big like a long time ago.
0: Probably whenever this dude was born.
1: Exactly. Parents are like, damn, that's a that's a nifty uh, name. That sucks. Or whatever they say in the
0: in the olden <laughs> days. He was born in forty two.
1: Gee willikers, that's nifty.
0: Holy cannoli.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Geez the week. That guy's
1: pretty nice on a horse.
0: <laughs> okay. Why don't you start us off with a, a overview of, of Mr. John Wayne Gacy?
1: John Wayne um Gacy was a serial killer and rapist who took the lives of at least 33 young males in Cook County, Illinois, and buried them underneath his house. Not good. No. Gacy was born on March seventeenth, nineteen 1942, in Chicago, Illinois. He grew up with an alcoholic father, John Stanley Gacy, who, who would beat him and his two sisters with a razor stroke?
0: Strope. It's like one of those things that uh, you sharpen the razor, like if you're a uh, barber. Yeah. You know? Uh. A strope.
1: Wow, I've never... No, that's what was called.
0: That's what it's called. Huh, and I'm sure that would hurt like a bitch.
1: Yeah, that would not be good. Um, Gacy's mother, Marion Elaine Robin, Robinson, um, was also beaten with the hands of his, his, his father. Gacy was a mama's boy, and Marion would try to shield the children from the wrath of their father. Gacy's father constantly belittled him and called him dumb and stupid, just like a loving father does.
0: Mm-hmm, that's what I call you.
1: Yeah, true. I've been hearing that a <laughs> lot. <laughs> he said that he was a sissy and would probably grow up queer.
0: Dang. That's yeah, rough. That is rough. In 1949, Gacy and another boy were caught fondling a young girl. Gacy's father beat him. Okay.
1: That, one he that deserved one's that one. allowed. Yeah, that yes. one coming,
0: yeah. During the same year, a family friend started molesting Gacy in his truck, but Gacy never told anybody and felt like he was going to be blamed for that happening to him, so he just kept it to himself. Uh, In 1953, Gacy was playing on a swing set and hit his head on the swing. This actually caused a blood clot that was not treated until several years later, I think whenever he was like 16. Uh, To some, this was like the catalyst that caused him to turn into the monster that he became. There's a correlation that a lot of people think of between getting hit in the head versus these violent acts that happen later.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So... Gacy did not finish at school either. Uh, he had a congenital heart condition and was unable to play with the other kids. During the fourth grade, he started experiencing blackouts and was hospitalized occasionally for seizures. And in 1957, his appendix burst.
0: He just has a bad go.
1: Yeah, uh, my buddy had his appendix burst on the basketball court. No, playing basketball and he like his side was hurting and he just kept playing and he has appendix burst. <gasps> he like like fell over and like passed out.
0: Oh yeah, and he's okay. Like crazy. Yeah, he
1: said it was like a crazy pain. He's oh, okay, yeah? but I was like, "Whoa, that's intense."
0: Well, that's so you gotta be taking care of that fast. Yeah, because it's basically you you're just leaking sept- out mm-hmm. toxic Septic
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's terrible.
0: It's so scary. It's
1: very because yeah.
0: anything in your body could just burst at any moment. You have no idea.
1: Yeah, it's cra- the body can withstand a lot, but at the same time, it's so fragile. It's mm-hmm. like you kind of take it for granted. Uh, between ages uh, fourteen and eighteen, uh, he collectively spent a year in the hospital.
0: Wow. What a way to live.
1: That'd be tough. That's a tough age, too, because I'm sure he's getting bullied for that, unfortunately. Yeah, he wants to the go running suck. around
0: and yeah. being a kid and yeah. he can't. And then you got a father.
1: Oh, yeah. That's mean. Um, his father believed he was just trying to gain sympathy and attention and thought he was faking his condition. Casey's health, uh, health issues were never officially diagnosed, which is interesting.
0: That is interesting.
1: So he might, I mean.
0: Maybe he was. He might have been. Maybe his father knew all along.
1: Wow, that's crazy. In 1960, when Gacy was 18, he became involved in politics and worked as an assistant uh, precinct captain for the Democratic Party. Uh, Gacy's father did not approve and accused his son of being a patsy. Hmm. Despite this, his father bought him a car. Well, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, he kept the title in his name until Gacy had finished paying it off and told him that he would take the keys of the car if Gacy did not make payments. Again, that's fair.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah,
1: that's probably, yeah. I yeah. mean, keeps them paying. Yeah. In 1962, Gacy bought an extra set of keys um, after his dad took the original set. Smart. His father then removed the distributor cap and kept it for three days.
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: I thought two can play that game, bitch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he won, I feel. Yeah. Uh, after his father replaced the distributor cap, Gacy drove to Las Vegas and found himself uh, work as an ambulance ser- at an ambulance service before he was transferred to work as an attendant at Palm Mortuary. As a mortuary attendant, he slept on a cot behind the embalming room. Ew, Ew. gross. No. Wow. He. Can you imagine? Like not even like the creepiness of having dead bodies just right there. Just the smell. The smell. Yeah. I can't do that smell like the frogs.
1: You know what's interesting though is. So, like, whenever you smell something, it's not you smelling it, it's you smelling a change in the air. No. So, like, you know, like, however you smell something gross and then you get used to it? Yeah. It's because it's, like, your nose isn't detecting a change. So, whenever you walk into a room that smells bad, it's, like, it's your nose, like, being, like, hey, something's different. But then that's why you get used to it and you don't smell it anymore.
0: So, is that really the smell that you're smelling?
1: I mean, you're, you're continuing to, like, breathe it in, but you're just not smelling it because it's not changing. Yeah. So, that's pretty interesting. So, I mean, if you were in there for a while, you probably would be like, this is normal.
0: Yeah. Until you walked
1: out and then walked back in, it'll still smell just as strong.
0: Or like your stuff would smell like it, too. Oh, yeah. Like sleeping back. Yeah, yeah. That'd be rough. Not going to ever do that in my life, I tell you. Sleep? In a morgue? No. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I'm going to sleep all the time. I love (laughs) sleeping. (laughs) Uh, So, he worked there for three months and he learned by watching morticians embalm dead bodies. He later confessed that one night, when he was alone, he climbed into a coffin with a dead teen male and started cuddling him. Then he went into shock. What the fuck? He later called his mother the next day, actually, and asked if his dad would let him come home. Because pretty much, you know, after his dad gave him the distributor caps, he hightailed it to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, His father agreed to let him come home, and he got in his car and drove back to Chicago.
1: See his dad seems like a really bad guy, like from, but he seems like he does nice things. I feel like well, that's just every dad in like the forties was like, well, you hard harder than they are now.
0: Yeah, we well, need to be hard on your kids because you want them to do the right thing. I mean, I feel like he's not a complete monster. He bought him a car. Yeah, I don't exactly. know of any yeah. abusive parent that's gonna yeah buy you a car. Plus,
1: you put your mind frame in like, like I said, like the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. like people were not the same as they are now.
0: And it's, maybe he was. Maybe he knew who his son was all these years. Yeah. And knew that he was lying about his illnesses and trying to fool everybody. Yeah. So, he's not so bad.
1: No. Once Gates was back in Chicago, he enrolled in Northwestern Business College, even though he never graduated from high school. He graduated college in 1963 and took a management role in Nunn Bush Shoe Company. Nunn Bush, I'm sorry. Shoe Company. In 1964, the company transferred him to Springfield, Illinois to work as a salesman. Eventually, he was promoted to manager of his department. March of 1964, he got engaged to Marilyn Myers, who was his co worker.
0: That's a big no no. Yeah. In the HR world.
1: I'm sure it wasn't in the 60s.
0: <laughs> and how <laughs> yeah. do you graduate college if you never graduated that's, high school? See,
1: yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Northwestern's a pretty good school in Chicago. That's like hmm. Ivy League status. It's yeah. not Ivy League, but it's like close enough. Pretty good. It's pretty, yeah, uh, pretty prestigious.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: In March 1964, Gacy also joined the JCs, uh, which is the U.S. junior chapter. Our chamber, uh, which focuses on business development and management skills, and he was named a key man in april nineteen sixty four hmm.
0: the j cs speaking of Halloween in our area put on a uh a haunted house do they yeah j c s
1: is that the where is that at
0: in uh riverside
1: really huh, riverside j c yeah I never heard of that yeah, interesting
0: your whole life it's been there oh, wow. Why
1: not? Wow! <laughs> During this time Gacy had his second homosexual experience um, Him and one of his colleagues From Springfield uh, jc has got him drunk and told him he could spend the night on his couch Gacy agreed and the colleague Performed oral sex on him while he was drunk mm. That seems like uh, Assault Yeah That thing seems illegal That's what
0: that's called Yeah,
1: that's not good
0: No bueno No good by 1965, Gacy had risen to vice president of the Springfield J.C.s and was named the third most outstanding J.C. in the state of Illinois. Huh. You know what I ever heard? If you're not first, you're last.
1: True, fucking loser. Loser. <laughs> fucking nerd.
0: Now, whenever I was like looking at this and like typing out the notes, I was like, "The third, like cool dude." But then I'm thinking, okay, Illinois—that's a pretty big state. Pretty big. <laughs> So it's probably pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would uh, say it's pretty good. It just sounds weird.
1: But again, <laughs> being first or last. Yep. Get His be father better.
0: should have taught him that.
1: Be better, dude.
0: <laughs> in September 1964, after only six months of dating, Gacy married Marilyn Myers. Marilyn's father bought three KFCs in Waterloo, Iowa, and the couple moved there so he could manage them. Damn. What a silver platter.
1: Fucking three KFC money, huh? Right. <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's no joke.
0: No. Um... The couple could move into Maryland's parents' home and then they would move somewhere else. So they wouldn't have like a house payment or nothing. That's a pretty good, what a goose egg.
1: Yeah, you get free. Golden goose. Get free KFCs, get free living. Man. Free everything. Set.
0: Gacy would get $15,000 a year, which in 2020 money is $115,000 a year. So he was rolling. That's so crazy. Yeah. 15,000. Yeah, that's so so little. No,
1: that's so, yeah, that's wild.
0: Um, But, and he would also get share of the restaurant profits, which they didn't tell me how much that is, but uh, I'm sure it's a pretty good chunk of change, especially with three of them.
1: Yeah, I would imagine that's wow.
0: Because everybody loves kufk. True. That's what I call it kufk.
1: Well, that's dumb. No, it isn't. That's harder than saying KFC. You gotta put more effort into that. (laughs) After Gacy completed his management courses, they relocated to Waterloo. He opened a club in his basement where his employees could drink and play pool. That also seems illegal.
0: Drink yeah, beer. Come to they're mind. They're not drinking water.
1: Yeah, I know. But I mean, and just opening a, just a club in his basement, that seems not... A little rapey. Yeah, not good. Both boys and girls were employed at KFC, but he would he only socialized with the boys. Yeah. He gave them... <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. He gave them alcohol and made sexual advances. If they told him no, he would say he was joking or testing their morals. Sneaky snake.
0: Sneaky snake.
1: Sneaky snake.
0: Yeah. I feel like he's uh that makes sense. Trying to groom them.
1: That I don't have any kids, but man, if like I just thinking about him doing that to kids makes me like Well
0: and you never like and it's unfair probably, but in my mind, and maybe it's because I don't have a son, I have a daughter, but you mostly more so worried about girls yeah. than you do boys. But boys are just as, I mean... Yeah, when
1: they're little, they're... Predator- yeah.
0: yeah, they just are preyed upon as girls. Well, they're to naive, sick. too, whenever they're... Right, and they're just, uh, yeah. Well,
1: they're probably in a position, too, where, like, if they're working at KFC and their boss asks them to do something.
0: They just thought that that was the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah,
1: they're probably like, I can't say no to my
0: boss. That's why I'm teaching Evie to not, like, to not be a yes person, yeah, like to question everything because you're supposed to teach your kids to respect authority. Mm-hmm. But that authority is not always good.
1: No, that doesn't mean they're right either. No, just because they're in the in charge doesn't mean if they're. If you feel
0: like it's wrong, is probably wrong. Exactly, I and mean, yep. you need to question it, boys and girls. Yeah, okay.
1: Those of you listening, yes, boys don't go to your boss's house and drink beer. Don't. It's probably not a good idea.
0: Don't play pool. Nope. no pool. If he asks you to give him a sucky sucky, it's <laughs> not good. <laughs> Not no, right. <laughs> what?
1: no sucky sucky, no fucky fucky. <laughs> okay, no, that's a t-shirt. That a I don't t-shirt.
0: think that's allowed. Huh? I don't know. But we could we, we, could, make we could like put a star no sucky, for sucky, you. No fucky
1: fucky. <laughs> <laughs> no fucky fucky. No fucky
0: no fucky. No sucky no sucky. No sucky. No Not funny. in this house. Okay. All right. All right. Go in, on. In
1: February 1966, <laughs> Marilyn gave birth to their son. And in March of 1967, she gave birth to their daughter. So they got two little, two little babies.
0: And like he had a son now.
1: And he's doing that two kid. Yeah. It's, ugh.
0: Wouldn't you put that? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Gacy said that this was the happiest time in in his life because he finally had earned his father's approval. In July 1966, Gacy's parents visited, and his father actually apologized to him and said, son, I was wrong about you, because now he's got this perfect, like, world. He's got a wife. He's got a son and a daughter. He's got a good job.
1: Successful, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, making I would bank. say that's
1: very successful, Yeah, making that much money.
0: Uh, so, but his father was wrong and shouldn't have apologized. Um, in Waterloo, Gacy joined the local chapter of the J.C.S. He was working 12 to 14 hours a day at KFC— and then he would donate the rest of his time to the JCs. So it doesn't seem like there's much family time nope. here. Yeah. Uh, at meetings, Gacy often brought fried chicken, like you do. Yep. And insisted on being called colonel. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like fucked. you'd never don't ever do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, what a douchey thing. Um, in 1967, he was named Outstanding Vice President of the Waterloo JCs. He also served on the board of directors where they were heavily involved in wife swapping, prostitution, pornography, and drug use. JCs. What the hell? Ain't, ain't legit.
1: No, it's fucked
0: up. Yeah. I'm assuming probably not his wife, though. Swapping other people's wives. Hmm? Because his wife doesn't know about any of this stuff.
1: True,
0: or nor is he like really around her very much. <laughs> it
1: doesn't seem to be because no. he's at his she's just, work. She's just kind of there.
0: Yeah, taking care of the kids, and you know, maybe that, maybe she thought he was a creep, but that one hundred fifteen thousand a year was pretty damn good. True, being a housewife.
1: So in August nineteen sixty seven, Gacy sexually assaulted fifteen year old Donald Voorhees, who was the son of a fellow J C. Gacy lured him to his house and promised to show him porn pornographic material. Mm. Um, Gacy gave Voorhees lots of alcohol and persuaded him to perform oral sex. Over the following months, Gacy abused several other young adults. He encouraged one of them to have sex with his own wife before blackmailing him to perform oral sex on him. What the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. Gacy tricked several teenagers into believing he was commissioned to conduct, conduct homosexual experiments and in the of... Well, sorry. Conduct homosexual experiments in the interest of scientific research and paid them $50 each. What do you, <laughs> like, like who, what do you love?
0: This is like a cult type thing come, going on here.
1: The homosexual research? Who the fuck are you doing research for?
0: The homosexuals.
1: Just like as a, in general?
0: I don't know. <laughs> where's this,
1: where's it, what's this going towards? I
0: don't know, but he had $50 each. Jesus.
1: In March 1968, Voorhees told his father that Gacy sexually assaulted him. Voorhees Sr. informed the police who arrested Gacy and charged him with performing oral sodomy on Voorhees and attempted assault of uh, 16-year-old Edward Lynch. Gacy denied the charges and demanded they gave him a polygraph test. Um, The results said that Gacy was nervous when he... and he denied wrongdoing in relation to both young men. Which you, I would imagine you would say. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, yeah, I did that shit.
0: It was for homosexual research. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: Read a fucking book.
0: (laughs) Right. $50. That's fucked. Gacy publicly denied any wrongdoing and insisted the charges against him were politically motivated. Worhey Sr. had opposed views of him and he did not vote for Gacy for president of the JCs. May 10th, 1968, Gacy was indicted on sodomy charges. I feel like that's a little bit of a reach. Like, oh, you said that I sodomized your son because you don't like my political views. Come on, man. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It's the JCs. It's not freaking the President of the United States. Right. Okay? Nobody cares about the (laughs) JCs. Sorry if you're a (laughs) JC. I care about you. I was just kidding. (laughs) August 30th, 1968, Gacy promised to pay one of his employees, 18-year-old Russell Schroeder, $300 to assault Voorhees and tell him not to testify. In early September, Schroeder led Voorhees into a a country park, sprayed him with mace, and beat him. Damn. That is where if you're paying somebody to try to tell somebody else not to testify, that means you're guilty. Yeah. Anyway. Voorhees escaped and reported the assault to the police. He identified Schroeder as his attacker, and they arrested him the next day. At first, he denied it, but then he confessed that he had assaulted Voorhees and that Gacy had asked him to do it. Police arrested Gacy and added an additional charge for hiring Schroeder to intimidate Voorhees.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's illegal. Yeah. That's
0: probably a good call. Yeah.
1: September 12th, Gacy was given a psychiatric evaluation at the Psychiatric Hospital of the State University of Iowa. Um, Two doctors examined him over 17 days and concluded that he had antisocial personality disorder, but was competent to stand trial. Hmm. November 7th, 1968, Gacy pled uh, guilty to one count of sodomy. Gacy claimed Voorhees had offered himself to him and he had acted on curiosity, but no one believed him. He was convicted on December 3rd and sentenced to 10 years imprisonment at Anamosa State Penitentiary in Iowa.
0: That's pretty, that's a long that sentence. I mean, I know that it's totally wrong.
1: No, yeah, for sure. And
0: he was this child. But 10 years, that is. That is a lot. That is a long time. Some people they're kill not, people and don't even get 10 years.
1: Yeah, they're not playing around.
0: No, good. Um, So that same day, his wife filed for a divorce.
1: Yep, saw that coming.
0: Yep. And asked for the couple's home and property and sole custody of their two children with alimony. Yes.
1: How are you supposed to get that when you're in jail?
0: He'd be working the laundry.
1: Get, what, 10 cents a day? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. It's
0: not going to be big out Taking everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that they had a lot of money probably in the bank. Yeah, I'm
1: sure, yeah. But I cool. wonder how that works if you go to jail and, like, your money's just sitting there.
0: Well, it probably would go to her. I don't know if they, f- sometimes they freeze it, though. It's like, uh, while you're in, during the trial, so you can't, like, be a flight risk and leave. Right. But. Hmm. Um, the court ruled in her favor and the divorce was finalized September 18th, 1969. Gacy never saw his wife or children ever, ever again. Hmm. That's kind of, that's crazy. I I feel like the children would eventually like question it. Like, where's dad?
1: Yeah. Where's
0: my father?
1: Yeah, but the mom was like, he did this. I'd be like, "Mm, I don't want to know that guy.
0: True. Um, While in Anamosa, he was a model prisoner. Within months of arriving, he was the head cook and joined the inmate JC chapter. These JC's are everywhere. Um, He increased membership from 50 to 650 men in the span of 18 months. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. He fought to improve conditions for inmates and oversaw an installation of a miniature golf course in the prison rec yard. Do Do you got a miniature golf course? I do not. Me neither. These prisoners do. That's cool. (laughs) Hmm. That's wild. Uh, In June
1: 1969, Gacy was denied parole. He started preparing for his next parole hearing in May 1970, so he completed 16 high school courses and obtained his diploma in November of 1969. That's so crazy. He had a college diploma, but he never had a... Mm -hmm. That's wild. I don't know how that happens, but... On Christmas Day, 1969, Gacy's father died from cirrhosis of the liver, and his request for supervised compassionate leave to attend um, the funeral was denied.
0: So he Uh, didn't get to go to his dad's funeral.
1: Yeah, that's sad. Um, June eighteenth, 1970, Gacy was granted parole after serving 18 months of his 10-year sentence. Wow. Conditions of his probation was that Gacy went back to Chicago to live with his mother, and he had a 10 p.m. curfew.
0: How's that happen?
1: I don't know. Why do you Why do you even give a person a ten year sentence? Or you're just gonna let him go
0: in eighteen months.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. That's Not even two years, years. Yeah. right? Hmm. I don't get that.
0: June nineteenth, nineteen seventy, he arrived back in Chicago and got a job as a short order cook in a restaurant. February twelfth, nineteen seventy one, Gacy was charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy, who claimed he lured him into his car at a Chicago Greyhound bus station. He had driven him home and attempted to force the boy into sex. The court dismissed the complaint because the boy never uh, never appear, appeared, so he failed to appear. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at that point, it would be the state against him.
1: Yeah, you'd think so. But, I mean, he might have been lying. Yeah. Because he was was charged with it, so, I mean. Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: And it wasn't very long after, not even. Yeah,
1: like not even a year.
0: Yeah, before he was just released from prison. Um, in June 22, June 1971, Gacy was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct. The youth said Gacy had flashed a sheriff's badge, lured him into the car, forced him to perform oral sex. Charges were dropped after the complainant attempted to blackmail Gacy. Huh. So all these things could have prevented all these other things that we haven't talked about yet from happening if they just would have panned out correctly. Yep, yeah,
1: that's two within five months of each other. Yeah.
0: Obviously, he's not stopping.
1: No. Yeah, I don't know how they just don't, like, throwing him back in jail. Right. If like, all these things are happening. Right. So like, why don't you just, I don't get it. Um, August 1971, Casey became engaged to Carol Hoff, who was a divorce, uh, divorcee with two young daughters. Ugh. Carol and her two daughters moved into the home shortly after they announced their engagement, and Gacy's mother moved out. They were married on July first, nineteen seventy-two.
0: How does he get these women? I
1: don't know. I was just thinking that. Wait, like I
0: don't understand why he wants to be married. Because I feel like it would be a damper on his oral sex party.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is kind of weird. He must just want some kind of normalcy, but it's like a thing keeps dragging him back into the.
0: Maybe it's like, like a, a demon. Maybe it's like a cover to make himself seem normal to other people.
1: Yeah. Um, Gacy established a part-time construction business, PDM Contractors, in 1971. With the approval of his parole officer, he was able to work evenings on his construction contracts while working as a cook during the day. PDM stands for Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance, and he would take on minor repair work, but later expanded to include projects like interior design, remodeling, installation, assembly, and landscaping. By mid-1973, Gacy quit his job as a cook so he could fully commit to his business.
0: Mm-hmm. It started booming.
1: The Iowa Board of Parole did not know about the incidents that took place in Chicago, and in October 1971, Gacy's parole ended. Wow. The following months, Gacy's records were sealed.
0: What a failure of the justice system.
1: Yeah. It and must
0: it, have been because they didn't, like, they didn't have, like, the technology we have now.
1: Yeah, you'd have to like mail stuff or be in contact by phone. Right. But it's weird that they made him from Iowa, made him go back to Chicago. You think they wanted to stay like local or in this if, within the state? At well, they
0: probably like get that asshole out of our out of our state. Yeah, we don't still, want.
1: To. If you're in parole, when you think you'd want to be? I thought if you're like on parole, you couldn't leave the state.
0: It depends. Yeah, that's
1: weird though. Like you think if you were on parole in another state, you wouldn't be able to, It wouldn't make you live in Chicago,
0: right? They probably just didn't want to deal with them.
1: I guess I don't. know. That's weird. It like that doesn't Chicago's make
0: Chicago's problem now.
1: Uh, yeah, but still, it's, it's just weird. Yeah, doesn't make much sense.
0: Gacy's mother helped him buy a house near the village of Norwich in Norwood Park Township. The address was eight two one three West Somerdale Avenue, and it's where he would reside until he was arrested. Spoiler alert. Gacy's mother also moved into the house, and it was a pretty nice house. Um, Gacy was active in his community, and his neighbors thought he was helpful. He loaned his construction tools and plowed snow from neighborhood walks free of charge. Between 1974 and 1978, he hosted annual summer parties attended by hundreds of people, including politicians. So he just had this facade that he was just the best. Yeah. Uh, On January 2nd, 1972, Gacy left a family party and was driving around looking at displayed ice sculptures when he passed by Chicago's Greyhound bus terminal. He noticed 16-year-old Jack McCoy, who was traveling from Michigan to Omaha, Nebraska. Gacy lured him into the car and took him on a sightseeing tour of Chicago before returning to his home. He promised he could spend the night and Gacy would drive him back to the bus station in time to catch his bus. Gacy claims when he awoke uh, early the next morning, he found McCoy standing in his bedroom doorway with a kitchen knife in his hand. He, uh, Gacy jumped up from his bed and McCoy raised both arms like he was surrendering, tilted the knife upwards and accidentally sliced Gacy's forearm. Gacy twisted the knife from McCoy's wrist, banged his head against the bedroom wall kicked him against his wardrobe, and started walking toward him. McCoy kicked Gacy in the stomach, and Gacy grabbed McCoy, wrestling him to the floor, and stabbed him repeatedly in the chest as he straddled him. As he listened to McCoy gasping for air, he had experienced a mind-numbing orgasm, and said, that's when I realized that the death was the ultimate thrill. Wow. Yeah.
1: What a sick thing to say.
0: Yeah. Let me just finish this last part. Go for it. This is the real sad part. Um, as McCoy laid there dying, Gacy claimed he washed the knife in his bathroom, went to his kitchen, and saw an open carton of eggs, a slab of unsliced bacon on his kitchen table. McCoy had set the table for two. He had walked into Gacy's room to wake him for breakfast. And that's why he had the knife in his hand. Wow. How freaking sad is yep. that? This, like, really broke my heart. Um, Gacy buried, 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 he buried him in his cross base and later covered his grave with a layer of concrete. That just like really kills me. That is so sad. He was just trying to cook him breakfast. And who knows if this is really what happened. I doubt it. Yeah. You know, it's a story. He probably had this planned out the moment he picked him up.
1: He probably wasn't even in the doorway. Maybe not. I bet there wasn't even breakfast. Maybe not. I don't think so. That was, seems a very convenient story. Yeah. I oh, think he just killed him, and then he's like, oh, you have to think of something.
0: I feel like this made him look worse, though.
1: No, that's not trying. worse than just being like, oh, yeah, I just killed him.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because that's why he seems kind of like.
0: He was trying to defend himself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh. In
1: 1973, Gacy and a Teenage employee from PDM traveled to Florida to view a property Gacy had purchased. On the first night in Florida, Gacy raped the boy in his hotel room. After returning to Chicago, he drove to Gacy's house and beat him in his yard. Gacy told his wife that he had been attacked for refusing to pay the boy for his poor quality of work.
0: Good for that boy. Yeah. Went to his house and kicked his ass.
1: That'd be tough. Just Yeah.
0: I feel like, too, I don't know, this probably isn't fair. But, like, for a man to be raped by another man, I feel like... There's a lot more, not that if a girl was raped, it would be, it would be bad. But like, I don't know. I just feel like for a man, that would be like the ultimate.
1: Like demasculating. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, these aren't men. They're boys. No, they're boys. Yeah, that's the, it's hard to like, it's easy to say like, oh, I wouldn't let that happen. But I mean, this, they're not fully like grown people. They're like weaker than like a man would be. So yeah, and Gacy's
0: like, a big boy yeah, who had weight that. to throw around. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like with society and the way that society is, that would be a lot harder for a man to maybe process than...
1: Well, I would imagine that's why the one boy didn't show up to court because it was probably very embarrassing mm-hmm. to say that that happened to you. It's, yeah, that's... Right. Oof, yeah, that's and the, And
0: that happens with women, too. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. You, you don't want to, yeah, that's... It's terrible. That's awful.
1: Yeah, that's for the anyone. Worst thing I could imagine. Um, January nineteen seventy four, Gacy committed a second murder. The victim's remains, um, the victim remains unidentified. Gacy strangled him and placed the body in his closet for burial. Later, he stated that the bodily fluids leaked from the victim's mouth and nose, which stained the carpet. Um, this taught Gacy to stuff cl- uh, clothes, clothes, rags or underwear in the mouths of his victims to prevent leakage from recurring. Yeah, ugh, that's ugh. some of the visuals that this is going to give you are very tough.
0: I feel like though, not to be disgusting, but there's another hole.
1: Yeah, I yeah. And
0: I feel like whenever you are killed or something, that it, you just kind of leak everywhere.
1: Yeah, they they've said whenever like people die, they like a- evacuate their bowels. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it just like happens. That's gotta right, go it's somewhere. Not, yeah. yeah.
0: So I feel like
1: oh yeah it's probably it's
0: not just the mouth and the nose that you'd have to worry about
1: yeah yeah, some of these visuals are going to get tough, so.
0: This was really hard to, like, because I everybody knows about Gacy. Mm-hmm. But until you, like, go in and start having to read and write this stuff down, it's like.
1: Yeah, and again, ugh. if we, like, laugh at anything, we're not being disrespectful. It's just, no. you need some levity sometimes. Yeah, it's,
0: not, that's like, I was doing the notes, and I was sitting at the computer, and I had to, like, take a break. And yeah. I was watching cat videos, you know, <laughs> and Evie came over, and she's like, aren't you supposed to be doing Doing your notes? Why are you watching cat videos? And I'm like, don't judge me, woman. Like, I need a break from this. Yeah,
1: that's very. heavy <laughs> This stuff. is not for children. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. So again, we just don't want to come off as disrespectful. No, it's very never ever. This is yeah, very tough. In 1975, Gacy told his wife that he was bisexual. After having sex on Mother's Day, he informed her that it would be the last time they would have sex. He began spending evenings away from home, uh, only to return in the early hours telling her that he was working late. Carol watched Gacy bring teenage boys in the garage and found gay pornography and men's wallets and identifications in the house. She confronted him about it and said that it was none of her business. Hmm. Not true. It is definitely her business.
0: It's everybody's business.
1: Yeah. Around this time, Gacy hired 15-year-old Anthony Antonucci at PDM In July of 1975, Gacy went to Antonucci's home where they drank two bottles of wine and watched a heterosexual stag film. Um, Don't know what that is.
0: It's like a porn, but it's short. Huh. Interesting. Because I didn't know either, so I Googled it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that was a fun Google, right? I
0: mean, Uh, I just Googled (laughs) words, no images.
1: (laughs) Gacy then wrestled Antonucci to the floor floor and cuffed his hands behind his back. One cuff was loose and Antonucci freed himself while Gacy was out of the room. When Gacy returned, Antonucci, who was a high school wrestler, pounced on him and wrestled Gacy to the floor. He cuffed Gacy's hand behind his back and Gacy threatened Antonucci and then calmed down and promised to leave if he had removed the handcuffs. Antonucci agreed and Gacy left. Antonucci later recalled that Gacy told him, "Um, not only are you the only one who got out of the cuffs, you got them on me.
0: Hmm. That's never happened to him before. Yeah. Crazy. He's surprised. July 31st, 1975, 18-year-old John Budkovich, who worked at PDM, disappeared. Budkovich's car was found parked in his jacket and wallet inside with the keys still in the ignition. His father, a Yugoslav immigrant called Gacy, who claimed he would be happy to help search for his son. He was sorry that he ran away. The police questioned Gacy, who said that Butkiewicz and his two friends arrived at his house demanding his overdue paycheck, but they had reached a compromise and all three had left. Over the next three years, Butkiewicz's parents would call the police 100 times asking them to investigate Gacy further. How sad.
1: That'd be infuriating.
0: The day before, Budkovich had confronted Gacy over his two weeks of outstanding back pay. Gacy invited him over into his car and asked him to come home with him where they could settle the issue. At his home, Gacy offered Budkovich a drink and conned him into allowing his wrist to be cuffed behind his back. How's this happen? I wonder if it's like a magic trick that's type to, thing. To, I was
1: just thinking, it has to be something like, let me That'd be
0: the only way. show you
1: something. Yeah. Right,
0: I learned this cool trick, let me show you.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. Willingly to get in handcuffs, that's like about the only thing you could right. do.
0: Nobody, no. Nobody's getting me. Rule number 875, don't yeah. let anybody put handcuffs on you. No. Willingly,
1: especially. Let yeah. me put these on. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. No magic no tricks. No fucking chance, dude. It's not Chris <laughs> Angel
0: mind freak. Okay? Absolutely not. Uh, Gacy confessed to sitting on his uh, chest for a while before he strangled him to death. Gacy stored Budkovich's body in the garage and planned on burying him in the crawl space, but his wife and stepdaughters returned earlier than expected, so he had to bury him under the concrete floor in the garage.
1: October 1975, following an argument where Carol forgot to balance a checkbook correctly, she asked him for a divorce, where Gacy agreed. Uh, Carol and her daughters continued to live at 8213 West Somerdale until February of 1976, when they moved into their own apartment. One month later, on March 2nd, Gacy's divorce was finalized.
0: Could you imagine being that wife and, like, knowing that so many people died in your house? Some of them while you were there.
1: Yeah, and your daughters. Yeah. In 1975, he joined the Moose Club and became aware of a Jolly Joker clown club whose members perform at fundraising events and parades. They also volunteer at children's hospitals. Uh, By late 1975, Gacy created his own clown characters— Pogo the clown and Patches the clown. Pogo was the happy clown where Patches was a more serious character. He rarely took money for his performances as clown and said it allowed him to regress into childhood. He performed as both Pogo and Patches at several parties, political functions, and charitable events. Occasionally he would say in his clown costume or stay in his clown costume and drink at a local bar before turning home. That'd be frightening.
0: Yeah, you walk into a bar and just see a big ass clown <sighs> sitting Probably there.
1: Like, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> walk in walk out like, nope
0: <laughs> are you afraid of clowns
1: i mean i don't like them if i'm if i'm walking into a bar and there's a clown sitting there I'm, yeah i'm not gonna fucking talk to the guy you're not
0: gonna sit next <laughs> to him what's up
1: man what's up
0: buddy what's <laughs> no. going on i'll
1: be like nope that's uh no definitely <laughs> not i'm not like afraid of them but i'm like yeah it's unsettling if you just see one walking around like aimlessly
0: and he's not like a cool looking clown he's kind of scary
1: yeah he's a little the thing that I maybe it's just because we know i, I don't, don't know. want to <laughs> if anybody's like a If you're, like, doing it for a job, it's, like, I get it. But, like, I just couldn't ever picture myself, like, being that fake happy. Yeah. Like, those people are got to be miserable.
0: Oh, man, I fake happy all the time. Yeah,
1: that's, like.
0: I'm in customer service. I don't even know my customer service. Like, you wouldn't even know me.
1: I know. I know that. It's funny. I've heard it.
0: Sometimes whenever I get off the phone, I just got to be, like, ugh, I just need to be me for a minute. I I don't know how you
1: do that. (laughs) Because I can't. I mean, I can act, like, nicer, but I can't, like. You totally change your voice. I don't know oh, how you yeah. do that. Yeah. That's tough.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> July 26, 1976, Gacy picked up an 18 year old, David Cram, while he hitchhiked on Elston Avenue. Gacy offered him a job with PDM, and he began to work that evening. On August 21st, Cram moved into his house, into Gacy's house. Weird. Not good. Uh-uh. The next day, he and Gacy had several drinks to celebrate his 19th birthday, and Gacy dressed as Pogo. Whenever you're 19, I don't want no clowns, okay? No Gacy thanks. Gacy conned Cram into putting on those cuffs in front of his body. Gacy swung Cram around while holding onto the chain that connected the cuffs and told Cram that he was going to rape him. Cram kicked Gacy in the face and freed himself from the handcuffs. A month later Gacy appeared at Cram's bedroom door so he still stayed there okay what so the after fuck? this happened he still How are you gonna lived sleep there in that
1: house? No way
0: G- So a month later Gacy appeared at Cram's bedroom door intending to rape him saying Dave you don't really know who I am maybe it'd be good if you give me what I want Cram resisted straddling Gacy who left the room stating you ain't no fun Cram soon moved out. Thank God. No kidding. I feel like this, I mean, this, what? He moved out and left PDM, although he did work for them periodically over two more years. After Cram moved out of Gacy's house, another employee, 18-year-old Michael Rossi, moved in. Rosie worked for PDM contractors since May 1976, and he lived with Gacy until April 1977. He would assist Gacy with his clowns. Gacy would be pogo, and he would dress up as patches.
1: I'm just like trying, I don't. I... Mm. How would you move in with like a 40-some-year-old man
0: at well, this point? Well, he was homeless.
1: Yeah, but it's still, it's like.
0: So he didn't have anywhere else to go. But I can't imagine, like, that happening and then going back into the bedroom and sleeping there. Like, mm. how could you sleep? Yeah. You'd get some deadbolts. I'd be deadbolting everything.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think at that point a shelter would be way better.
1: Exactly. It's like, it, yeah, there's got to be, like, a wall where you're like, hmm, this is not worth it. No. Hm. In 1975, Gacy was heavily involved in the Democratic Party. And was appointed director of Chicago's annual Polish Constitution Day Parade. He supervised the event from 1975 to 1978. In 1975, Gacy be- began having sex with young males more frequently. He referred to this as cruising and admitted to committing most of his murders between 1976 and 1978.
0: A lot of serial killers cruise.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the or one of Gacy's neighbors recall for several years they heard the sound of muffled high pitched screaming, shouting and crying that repeatedly woke her and her son up in their early morning hours. They said that the sounds emanated from the house adjacent to theirs on Somerdale Avenue.
0: So would you not like if you heard screams <clears throat> and everything like that for years? Would you just say, let it go?
1: Yeah, like once would maybe like people like fight.
0: maybe you're, or maybe you're watching a scary movie too loud
1: yeah well people like fight yeah and as if it's like two in the morning yeah i mean i get where you could like escalate it's not healthy but i'm i'm sure people yell at each other yeah but it's like yeah oh, if it I happens if it happens like yeah I, I get more than a couple times yeah i'd be calling the police
0: yeah hmm. in
1: 1976 one month after his divorce <laughs> was finalized gacy abducted and murdered 18 year old daryl samson he was last seen alive in Chicago on April 6, 1976. Gacy buried him under the dining room table with a section of cloth lodged in his throat. Five weeks later, on May fourteenth, 15-year-old Randall Raffitt disappeared while walking home from Sen High School. Hours after uh, Gacy abducted Raffitt, he also picked up 14-year-old Samuel Stapleton. The two were buried together in the crawl space. Investigators believe both victims were murdered on the same night.
0: Ugh. On June 3rd, Gacy killed a 17-year-old Lakeview teenager named Michael Bonin. He disappeared while traveling from Chicago to Waukegan. Gacy strangled Bonin with a ligature and buried him under the spare bedroom. Ten days later, Gacy murdered a 16-year-old Upton youth named William Carroll and buried him in a common grave in the crawlspace. Uh, Carol seemed to have been the first of four victims known to have been murdered between June 12th and August 6th, 1976. Three were between 16 and 17 years old, and one unidentified murder victim appeared to have been an adult. August 5th, a 16-year-old Minnesota boy named James Hockison called his family. Gacy then murdered him and buried him in the crawl space beneath the body of a 17-year-old Bensville boy named Rick Johnston, who was last seen alive on August 6th. He's just like going crazy. Yeah,
1: no kidding. In August and October, Gacy is said to have murdered two unidentified boys. October 24th, Gary abducted, or Gacy, I'm sorry. Gacy abducted and killed teenage friends Kenneth Parker and Michael Marino. Two days later, a 19-year-old construction worker, William Bundy, disappeared after informing his family that he would attend a party. Bundy died of suffocation. Gacy buried the body beneath the master bedroom. That's sick.
0: Yeah, they're just literally everywhere. Oh
1: man, could you imagine? Like he, they said he buried that one boy underneath the dining room table. Yeah, it's like you have people over for dinner and there's like a dead body right there. Mm-hmm. that's awful. Um, December 1976, another PDM employee, 17-year-old uh, Gregory Godzik, disappeared. His girlfriend last saw him outside her house and had given her, or he had driven her home following a date. Godzik had worked at PDM for only three weeks before he disappeared. He had informed his family that Gacy had him digging trenches for some kind of tiles in his crawl space. Hmm. Godzik's car was later found abandoned in Niles. His parents and older sister, Eugenia, um, contacted Gacy about his disappearance. Gacy claimed that he had run away from home. Gacy claimed to have received a voicemail from Godzik after he disappeared. When asked to play back the message to Godzik's parents, Gacy said that he had erased it.
0: That's awful. Yeah. And... How many of these people like go missing working for this PDM? I was gonna
1: say, yeah, it seems it has to be suspicious.
0: Yeah. It's like we have
1: 20 disappearances and they all work for one company. Yeah. It's like,
0: yeah. Something is not right. During this time, PDM was exploding. And in March 1977, he became a supervisor for PE Systems, a firm specializing in remodeling drugstores. Between PE Systems and PDM, Gacy worked on up to four projects simultaneously and frequently traveled to other states. By 1978, PDM's annual revenue was over $200,000. That's pretty successful.
1: In 1920, that's probably, 1978, I'm sorry, it's probably close to like a million. Yeah. Now. That's crazy.
0: And it's crazy how like screwed up this guy is, how successful he can make himself.
1: Yeah, it's wild.
0: In January, January 20th, 1977, Gacy lured 19-year-old John Sick to his house saying he wanted to buy his Plymouth Satellite. He strangled him in his spare bedroom. Gacy later sold the car to Rossi for $300. Wow. Between December 1976 and March 1977, Gacy killed an unidentified adult male and buried him in the crawlspace beneath the body of 20-year-old Michigan native John Prestige, who had disappeared on March 15th.
1: Gacy murdered one additional unidentified youth and buried him in the crawl space in the spring of 1977. The exact time of the murder is unknown. On july fifth, Gacy killed a nineteen year old from Crystal Lake, Matthew Bowman. Bowman's mother last saw him in the suburban train station. <clears throat> the next month, Rossi was arrested for stealing gasoline while driving John Sick's car. The gas station attendant noted that the license plate uh, or noted the license plate and the police traced it back to Gacy's house. Gacy told officers that Sick had sold the car to him in February, saying he needed uh money to leave town. A check from the VIN number confirmed that the car did belong to Sick. The police did not pursue this and told Sick's mother that her son had sold Gacy the car. Ugh. So they're like, like right like on so the edge, close yeah. All
0: the time.
1: <clears throat> yeah, they're like right there, and then they just can't connect the dots. Mm mm. By the end of 1977, Gacy had murdered six more young men between the ages of 16 and 21. Uh, The first of these victims was 18-year-old Robert Gilroy, who was the son of a Chicago police sergeant. Gilroy lived four blocks from Gacy. He was murdered and buried in the crawlspace. That's
0: pretty baldy. Yeah,
1: well, he probably didn't know that.
0: That he was the sergeant's kid?
1: Yeah, that's... uh, On September 12th, Gacy had flown to Pittsburgh to supervise a remodeling project and d- did not return to Chicago until September 16th, 10 days after Gilroy was last seen. A uh, 19-year-old former U.S. Marine John Mowry disappeared after leaving his mother's house to walk to his apartment. Gacy strangled Mowry and buried his body underneath the master bedroom.
0: And because, like... Gacy had flown to Pittsburgh to supervise that remodel. Yeah. They didn't put two and two together that he could even be a suspect in the sergeant's boy's death because he was out of town.
1: I wonder if that was intentional. Like a
0: motive. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wanted to. Yeah. October 17th, 21 year old Minnesota native Russell Nelson disappeared and was last seen outside a Chicago bar. Gacy murdered him and buried him beneath the guest room. Less than four weeks later, Gacy murdered 16-year-old Kalamazoo, Michigan teen Robert Winch and buried him in the sh- crawl space. On November 18th, um, 20-year-old father of one Tommy Bowling disappeared after ha- leaving a Chicago bar. I, how much space does he have? I was gonna say, yeah, it's, oof.
1: Three weeks after the murder of Tommy Bowling on December 9th, and 19-year-old U.S. Marine David Talzma. Disappeared after telling his mother he was going to a rock concert in Hammond. Gacy strangled Tausma with a ligature and buried him in the crawlspace close to the body of John Mowry. On December 30th, Gacy abducted 19-year-old student Robert Donnelly from a Chicago uh, bus stop at gunpoint. Gacy drove to his home where he raped, tortured, and repeatedly dunked Donnelly's head in a bathtub until he passed out. Gacy taunted him with with statements such as, Aren't we playing fun games tonight? Donnelly later testified at Gacy's trial and was in such pain that he asked Gacy to kill him. Gacy replied to I'm um, Gacy replied and said I'm getting around to it. After several hours, um Gacy drove Donnelly to his workplace and released him, warning that if he complained to the police, they would not believe him. That's He's, sick.
0: Yeah, that is sick. Donnelly reported his assault to the police and questioned <clears throat> Gacy on January 6, 1978. Gacy admitted to having had a slave sex relationship with Don Lee, but said everything was consensual and consensual that he didn't pay the kid money he, that he promised him. The police believed him and filed no charges. Ugh. Just ugh. That's so close. The following month, Gacy killed 19 year old William Kindred, who disappeared on February 16th after telling his fiancee, uh, who knew Gacy, that he was going to a bar. Um, He was the final victim Gacy buried in his crawlspace because he freaking ran out of room. (sighs) On March 21st, Gacy lured 26-year-old Jeffrey Reginald into his car where Gacy chloroformed him and drove him to his house where his arms and head were restrained in a pillory device. Pillory device is one of those blocks, like in the old-timey days where your head and your hands are like in this wood block. Um, And he attached that device to the ceiling. Gacy raped and tortured Reginald with various instruments, including lit candles and whips, Ugh. and continued to chloroform him into unconsciousness. Gacy, well, at least he was unconscious. I yeah, mean, yes. that's, that's terrible. Gacy drove Reginald to Chicago's Lincoln Park, where he d- was dumped unconscious, but still alive.
1: Uh, Reginald's, Reginald staggered to his girlfriend's apartment, where police informed were informed of the assault but did not investigate Gacy. How? Don't know.
0: Right. I, th- I feel like he was chloroformed so much that like, he couldn't. He's probably like, incoherent. Yeah. It like,
1: wasn't making sense. Right. Through Gacy's work with the Democratic Party, he met First Lady Rosalind Carter on May 6, 1978. This event was a huge embarrassment to the U.S. Secret Service. In the picture that was taken, Gacy is wearing an S pin that uh, indicates him as a person with special clearance.
0: Yeah. <sighs> So I feel so I'd like to do timelines, okay? So my notes are in order by date order, yeah. So there this is kind of shoved in between him assaulting Reginald and then this next part that we're going to talk about. But how stupid does Chicago look? Mm. Does what? the what, the US Secret Service, they let the freaking First Lady meet this dude and he's killing That's 33 people?
1: I bet, oh, whenever they found out what he they did... They probably bet, all were fired. Well, I bet that lady was like...
0: "Ooh, like, look, he's touching him. Ooh, She's he, touching him. Yeah, it's messed up. If you look at Rosalind Carter, John Wayne Gacy, you will see a picture of them shaking hands, looking mm. happy as clams, unbeknownst to poor Rosalind that he's a freaking monster. Uh,
1: Reginald struggled to recall the events from the night that he was attacked and started remembering the Oldsmobile, the Kennedy Expressway, and some side streets. Him and two friends would stake out the Cumberland Exit off the expressway, and finally in April, Rignall saw the Oldsmobile. Him and his friends followed it to or all the way to 8213 West Somerdale. Police obtained a arrest warrant, and Gacy was arrested on July 15th. He was charged with battery against Rignall.
0: So he started piecing it together. Yep. So that's it. The chloroform kind of jacked him up. Mm-hmm. But then he started remembering. Good for him. Yeah. And how scary?
1: Well, I'm sure that's like if you, yeah, if somebody did that to me, I would be like, I'm gonna figure out who did this, no matter what it takes. Right, so but think like, about
0: how vulnerable you were at that point, and like being so close to that person again. Like we well, had two be friends like, with him. I know, but still, I mean, yeah, I
1: mean, it would be. I'm
0: sure in your own, like, would you ever feel like you would be overpowered?
1: No, I mean, it, I could be, but I would never, unless the guy was bigger than me.
0: Yeah, but you in your own mind feel like that would never happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. It just.
1: It would be tough to accept that that can happen to you. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be like demoralizing, kind of. Yeah. Realizing that you're vulnerable.
0: Yeah. You're not as strong as but, you thought that you were. Right. So, okay. By 1978, the crawl space had no more room. Um, for any more bodies and Gacy confessed that he considered stowing the bodies in the attic, but he was afraid of the leakage. That's so gross that like he coined the leakage. Um, so he chose to dispose the, of his other victims off I 55 bridge in the Des plains river. He said he threw five bodies into the river in 1978 and believed that one of them landed on a passing barge. Wow. That's like the worst luck ever. I feel. Well, when
1: you look over the bridge, you'd I think before. They're
0: pretty big. Jesus. <laughs> you'd know. Yeah, they're
1: slow moving, too. It's like, that's not, you wouldn't miss that.
0: Only four of, of the bodies were actually found. Wow. Yeah.
1: The first known victim thrown over the I 55 bridge was 20 year old Timothy O'Rourke. Gacy killed him in mid June after he left his Dover apartment to buy some cigarettes. After his disappearance, he told his roommate that a contractor on the Northwest side had offered him a job. On July fourth, or I'm sorry, November fourth, Casey killed nineteen-year-old Frank Lang Langdigan. Um, his naked body was found in the Plains River on November twelfth. On November twenty-fourth, twenty-year-old James Mazzara disappeared after having Thanksgiving dinner with his family. He had told his sister that he had been working in the construction industry and been, had been doing all right. He was last seen alive walking in the direction of Bug House Square carrying a suitcase.
0: Probably going to move in with Casey.
1: Oof. On December eleventh, 1978, Gacy visited the Nissan Pharmacy in the Plains to discuss a remodeling deal with the owner, Phil Torf. He noticed Robert Peast, a 15-year-old part-time employee, and Gacy mentioned loudly that he hired teenage boys starting with a starting wage of $5 per hour, um, which was almost double what he made at the pharmacy. Hmm.
0: Shortly after Gacy left... Pites' mother arrived at the store to drive his son home so they could celebrate her birthday. Pite asked his mother to wait, adding that a contractor wanted to talk to him about a job. He left the store around 9 p.m. and promised he'd be back shortly. Pite was murdered shortly after 10 p.m. On, at Gacy's home. Gacy had stated that he, at his house, he asked Pite whether there was anything he wouldn't do for the right price to which pites replied that he did not mind working hard. In response gacy stated good money could be earned by hustling, although pites was dismissive. Gacy uh, dupes pice into putting on the handcuffs and that must have been a really fucking awesome magic trick. Yeah. Um, then he said he was going to rape you and there's nothing you can I'm going to rape you and there's nothing you can do about it. Pites began weeping as Gacy placed a tourniquet around his neck. Gacy admitted to taking a call from a business acquaintance as Pites lay suffocating on his bedroom floor. And it was his mom's birthday. That's awful.
1: When Pites did not return home, his family filed a missing persons report with the DePlains police. Torf named Gacy as a contractor that Pites most likely was talking to, and Lieutenant Joseph... Uh, or Lieutenant Joseph Ko- Kozenzak, sure. I think that's how you say it? Yeah. Whose son attended the same school as Pice, decided to investigate Gacy further. Kozenzak um, ch- checked Gacy's criminal background and saw that there was an outstanding battery charge against him in Chicago, and that he had served a sentence in Iowa for sodomy of a 15-year-old boy.
0: So he's putting the pieces together.
1: Finally, yeah.
0: Good job. Um,
1: Kozenzek and two... Other DePlains police officers visited Gacy, visited Gacy the uh, following evening at his home. Gacy said he had seen two young men working at the pharmacy and had asked one of them if he believed who he believed was Pice if they were remodeling uh, materials behind the store. He said that he had not offered Pice the job and returned to the pharmacy shortly after 8 p.m. because he left his apartment book, uh, appointment book at the store. I'm sorry. Gacy promised him to come to the station later that evening to make a statement. Not, could not come right now because his uncle had just died. The officers asked how soon he could get to the police station and Gacy responded with, you guys are very rude. You don't have any respect for the dead.
0: Ha! Huh. Wow. Yeah, right. That's fucked. At 3.20 a.m., Gacy arrived at the police station covered in mud, saying he'd been involved in a car accident. He returned to the police station later that day. Gacy denied any involvement in Pite's d- disappearance and repeated that he did not offer him a job. When he was asked why he'd returned to the pharmacy, he told them that he had came back after Torf called, informing him he had left his appointment book at the store. Torf had denied calling Gacy. At the request of the detectives, Gacy prepared a written statement detailing his movements on December 11th. Police obtained a search warrant of Gacy's house on December 13th, and they believed Pites might be in there being held against his will. The search of Gacy's property revealed several suspicious items, including several police badges, a six millimeter brevetta, a syringe, and hypodermic needle inside a cabinet in Gacy's bathroom. Investigators also found handcuffs, books on homosexuality, and peder-resty. I don't know how you say that, but I Googled it. And basically, it's a sexual relationship between like an adult male and a young boy.
1: Huh, I never heard that term. Before.
0: Me neither. Seven porno films, capsules of amyl nitrate, an 18-inch dildo, a 39-inch 2x4 with two holes drilled into each end, bottles of Valium and Trophene, and several driver's licenses. They also found a blue hooded parka, underwear too small for Gacy, a class ring of a 1975 Main West High School with the initials JAS engraved on them, and a Nissan pharmacy photo receipt, and a 36-inch nylon rope. So that's a lot of shit.
1: Yeah, that's not looking good. No. Police confiscated Gacy's Oldsmobile and other PDM work vehicles. They assigned two two surveillance teams. So two, sorry. Two groups. Two groups.
0: Two groups of two men. Yes. Surveillance teams.
1: So they would monitor Gacy on rotational 12-hour shifts and uh, they would continue their investigation into his background and potential involvement in Pices disappearances. Um, Rossi called investigators to tell them of Godzik's disappearance and the fact that another PDM employee, Charles Hatula, had been drowned in an Illinois river earlier this year.
0: Pieces are coming together.
1: Yep. December 15th, uh, investigators gathered the details of Gacy's battery charge of Rignall, and they also traced the school ring back... T- are um, the scoring that was found back to John Allen Sick? Wow. Mm. December sixteenth, Gacy was trying to become friends with the surveillance detectives. He frequently invited them to join him for meals and restaurants and drinks in bars or at his home.
0: What an asshole! Can I just say that? What an asshole! Why? Because he thinks that he's so smart yeah. that he's going to win these people over, and they're just going to.
1: I mean, it's worth for him before. Why wouldn't you? Why would you stop?
0: I know. I hate him.
1: Yeah. He denied that he had anything to do with Pice disappearance and accused the officers of harassing him um, because of his political connections. <laughs> he knew they wouldn't arrest him on anything trivial. He disobeyed traffic laws and lost them on more than one occasion. Just
0: to be a dick. Yeah. Hmm. Cram agreed to a police interview uh, where he described Gacy's workaholic lifestyle and open-mindedness about sex with men. Cram said that on more than one occasion, because of poor timekeeping, Gacy had given him a watch and said he got it from a dead person. So hundred percent that watch was somebody was from a dead person for sure. Ugh. Detectives formally investigated Rossi or I'm sorry, not investigated, interviewed Rossi on December 17th. He told them that Gacy had sold six car to him and that he bought the car from sick because he needed money to move to California. They examined the car and found a small cluster of fibers in the trunk that might have been human hair. That evening, officers conducted a test using three trained German shepherds to determine whether Pites had been present in any of Gacy's vehicles. One dog went to Gary's Oldsmobile and laid on the passenger seat. The handler said that that was a death reaction, indicating that Pites' body had been present in the car. Wow. That's crazy. That's That's crazy that animals can, like, do that.
1: That is wild. Um, that evening, Gacy had invited detectives Albright and Hackmeister to a restaurant for a meal. Okay, wait. What?
0: Do you ever watch? Do you ever see those shows at Christmas time? Those old ones that are like made of like clay, clay wood. Yeah, yeah. Burgermeister, Meisterburger. You know that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So
1: the like, Hackmeister.
0: The Hackmeister.
1: I'm probably saying that. It looks like Hackmeister. But it's probably yeah, not how it's said. We'll
0: call him Burgermeister.
1: That's <laughs> not. That's it get confusing. <laughs> In the early hours of December 18th, he invited them into another restaurant where over breakfast he talked of his business, his marriages, and his activities as a registered clown. Registered clown. Then that was a term.
0: You have to register.
1: Register, yeah. At least he's following that law. Right. At one point during the conversation, he said, you know, clowns can get away with murder.
0: Yeah, they can. Because we let them get away with murder, so... Fucking long.
1: Uh, yeah, December eighteenth, Gacy was starting to get stressed over the constant surveillance. He looked tired, appeared anxious, and was drinking heavily and had not shaved. That afternoon, he went to his lawyer's office to prepare a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars civil suit against the De Plains Police, demanding to stop their surveillance.
0: <laughs> does he even have seven hundred? I mean, maybe, maybe he does have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Because I feel that works. like I don't you, know you know have how. to have a lot of money. To be able to do a civil suit.
1: Well to go to a lawyer, you got to have a lot of money. Lawyers aren't cheap.
0: And I feel like the lawyers need to at least feel like they might win a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. I feel like you're. if you have a lawyer, say, like, I'm going to go to my lawyer, I feel like you're rich. <laughs> I don't feel like any, like... I have somebody
0: on retainer.
1: Yeah, no, like... <laughs> Barely skating by, person's like, let me call my lawyer. Right. (laughs) i got other shit to worry about. I mean, I've
0: had a lawyer before, but I don't know
1: how. Yeah, you don't have a lawyer. I had him one time. You're you're not like my lawyer. Right. You're like the lawyer.
0: Right. (laughs) You're that guy I called when I needed help. Okay. So later that day, the serial number of the Nissan Pharmacy photo receipt found in Gacy's kitchen was traced to 17-year-old Kim Byers, a colleague of Pite's. Buyers admitted uh, when contacted in person the next day that she had worn the jacket on December 11th because it was cold. That's why you wear jackets. She had placed the receipt in the parka pocket before she gave the coat to Pites as he left the store claiming a contractor wanted to speak with him. So let's roll it back. So back in the day, you used to take photographs on cameras and then you had to get the film developed. Yes. Yes. It's not like it is nowadays where it's instantaneous. You just took some shit and then you just hoped it was good. Okay. Hoped <laughs> it. And you picked it up and it usually was bad.
1: You know what's funny is like back in the day, you never, like today, people are like, oh, I'll take two. But like back when we had like disposable cameras, it was just like one and done.
0: Yeah, because you only had 24.
1: Yeah, I know. But it's just funny. Like now we have like, we can see the picture and we're still like, we take, take another a, one.
0: <laughs> right. We take a video and we just pick what we want.
1: Yeah. But it's just, I, yeah, I guess it is, was like, you had to count the number of. Shot you yeah, because I think funny, it was like
0: 24, 27, yeah. some weird number. Yeah, that's all you had. Mm-hmm. I remember that so hard.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember the disposable with the roll thing, and it would show how many pictures you yeah,
0: have
1: left. Yeah, like, what am I going to take a picture? Got of?
0: Give me a Kodak.
1: Got to make sure they're good.
0: Huh? I like my favorite was the Kodak with the yellow. The on it.
1: disposable ones. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it was
0: like an active. You couldn't do anything with it, but yeah, like active. What are you going to do?
1: I guess if that means if you don't if you shake the camera up it's not going to fuck the film up. True.
0: I don't know what's time to be alive. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Where were now? you going with that? Uh, <laughs> I was just bringing the kids back. The kids. To to why they would have a receipt for photographs for
1: the children's. Okay. Isn't that creepy too? You have to take it to a person to have them develop it, and this person just pretty, pretty much saw your life.
0: Yeah. Creepy.
1: Like in uh, Robin Williams' movie, the 24-hour yeah. photo. Yeah. Weird.
0: I know that uh, Rachel – oh, never mind. (laughs) I can't tell this story
1: now. What happened?
0: Somebody I know might have had some pictures that had like risque stuff on them and she would feel weird going to pick them up because the person would know. I don't know. But then also, did you know that you could look through your photos and if there was any that was like bad, you could tell them, I don't want this one, and then they would take it off your bill? Really? Yeah. Like if you got like a fuzzy picture or huh. something like something wow. Yeah, abstract. I didn't, know that. I didn't either until like almost when that shit stopped.
1: <laughs>
0: so I paid for so many pictures that I didn't even need. <laughs> so many bad ones. Yeah. Okay. Let's continue. Um the same day <laughs> Rossi was interviewed a second time and was more cooperative. He told detectives that in the summer of 1977 Gacy asked him to spread 10 bags of lime in the crawl space of Gacy's house. So I didn't look this up cuz this is, happened a couple times. What does lime do? I don't know. It must like the
1: acid must do something with like, maybe it makes it smell different if there's like decaying.
0: Yeah, stuff. like breaks stuff up, I don't know. Hmm. But he he did it a couple times, 10 bags, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, that is... Huh. I mean, maybe it covers up the smell. Yeah. Just that it smells like lemons or limes. I don't think that's true. I don't know what it would do. I don't really know. It's not
0: like lime. It's what not like mean? limes. Like the fruit.
1: What are you talking? <laughs> Hang on. Where were we at? Pressing to spread 10 bags of lime.
0: No, not... It's not lime, limes. What are you talking about? It's like a formula. Lime? Yeah.
1: Hmm. You talking about lye?
0: I don't think so. It's like a chemical. It said limes.
1: I've never heard of a chemical called lime. I know lye is like a acid that you like you put stuff in and it like eats anything away.
0: Lime, it looks like it's like a soil acid. And it strengthens your soil. But I don't really know why you'd want your soil strengthened, but whatever. He did it. Okay?
1: So not limes. Not lime. I was like, I thought this bitch was just like throwing limes in his basement. <laughs> no. I he was like squeezing the juice to like cover up smells.
0: No. That's what I thought in my head. No, you're dumb.
1: Well, that's not wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not lime. It's a, like a chemical. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Continue.
1: December 19th, investigators asked for a second search warrant for Gacy's house. The same day, Gacy's lawyers filed a civil suit against the De Plains police. The hearing for the suit was on December 22nd. That afternoon, Gacy invited the surveillance team into his house again. Officer Robinson distracted Gacy while Officer Schultz walked into Gacy's bedroom, trying to look at the serial number on the Motorola TV set that Six's mother had reported was removed from his apartment. While Gacy's toilet, or while flushing Gacy's toilet, the officer noted noticed a smell that he suspected could be rotting corpses emanating from the heating duct. Ugh. I
0: mean, ha- have you ever been in somebody's out- house, of Miller hmm. This smells like rotting corpses. No, but they're police
1: officers, so I'm sure they've... They've
0: smelled it before? Yeah. Ew.
1: I've heard if you smell something like that, it's like, you, you know. don't, you don't, yeah, that's like, it's very distinct. Yeah, I bet. And it's, I've, yeah, like on documentaries I've watched, they're like, once you smell that, it's like, you, that's what that is. Yeah. There's no question. Um, the officers who searched Casey's house uh, previously had failed to notice the smell because the house had been cold.
0: Ugh. So the heat was <clears throat> just pumping it through the house. Blah, 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 blah. That, ugh, that, like, legit, I got chills. Yeah, that's gross. Ew.
1: December 20th, investigators interviewed both Cram and Rossi.
0: Rossi was interviewed in relation to his link between psych, sec, what are we calling him? Sick. Sick. And the disappearance of Robert Pites. When questioned about where he believed Gacy had hid Pites' body, Rossi said that Gacy may have placed the body in a crawl space that he thought, um, Sikh's car had been stolen. Rossi agreed to take a polygraph test and denied involvement in Pite's disappearance and his whereabouts. The polygraph was unable to render a definite opinion <clears throat> as to whether he was telling the truth or not. Rossi did say that he did trench digging um, the crawlspace and that Gacy had insisted on him not to deviate from where he instructed to dig. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's bodies. were
1: Gross. Cram told investigators that Gacy had attempted to rape him in 1976. He told them that after Gacy had returned to his home after the December 13th search of his property, that Gacy turned pale after he saw mud on the carpet and assumed that it came from the crawl space. That
0: would make your stomach drop, I'm sure. <laughs> like, oh, they found it.
1: Yeah. Cram said that Gacy grabbed a flashlight and immediately went to the crawl space to look for evidence of digging. Cram said that once he had been asked to spread lime down there, and he also dug trenches, which Gacy said was for drainage pipes. He said the ta. Trin- t- oh wow
0: Ta-ta-ta. Today
1: Junior. He said that the trenches were two feet wide and six feet long and two feet deep, the size of graves. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Ya- why if you're digging for pipes, it's gonna be like a continuous
0: Like long it's not thing. gonna be
1: like it's not gonna have an exact like length. Right. It's gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna just we're gonna run a pipe. So it's gonna be from here to there. Like right. from this end of the house to that end of the house.
0: And it wouldn't be it wouldn't need to be that big.
1: No, two feet wide, no. Yeah. yeah. You need like a foot. Yeah. I mean, depending on the pipe, I don't think there's any two-foot wide pipes going in the house.
0: December 20th, Gacy drove to his lawyer's office to attend a meeting on the civil suit that he was filing. Gacy looked a mess and asked for an alcoholic drink. His lawyer, Sam Amaranti, went to his car to get a bottle of whiskey. That's where all the whiskey's stored. Mm -hmm. In the car. Right in the car. And when he returned, he asked about Gacy, um, uh, what Gacy wanted to talk to him about. Gacy picked up a copy of the Daily Herald and pointed to the front page article covering the disappearance of Robert Pites and said, the boy is dead. He's in the river. Damn. Gacy then started rambling until the early hours of the following morning, confessing to everything, saying he had been the judge, jury and executioner of many, many people. And now he wanted to be the same for himself. He said he had buried most of his victims in the crawl space and disposed of five bodies in the Des Plaines River. He said that all the victims were male prostitutes, hustlers, and liars to whom he gave the rope trick, adding he wanted to find dead, strangled kids on his floor, or adding that he awoke to find dead, strangled kids on his floor with their handcuffs tied behind their back.
1: Hmm. Because of all the whiskey he had drank, he fell asleep halfway through his confession. Amarante arranged for a psychiatric appointment for Gacy at 9 a.m. that morning. Gacy woke up several hours later, and Amarante told him that he had confessed to the killing of 30 people. He said he couldn't think about it right now because he had things to do. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about that. I got shit to do.
0: Right. He
1: ignored his lawyer's advice about the appointment and left the office. After leaving his lawyer's office, he went to a gas station and started putting gas in his rental car. He handed a small bag of weed to the attendant, who immediately handed it to the surveillance officers saying that Gacy had told him that the end is coming for me. These guys are going to kill me. Gacy then drove home, uh, or to the home, of a fellow contractor and friend, Ronald Rode. Gacy hugged Rode before bursting into tears, saying, Oh, I've been a bad boy. I killed 30 people, give or take a few. Gacy left Rode and drove to Cram's house to meet with uh, Cram and Rossi. As he drove along the highway, the surveillance officers noticed that he was holding a rosary... um, chain and prayed while he drove.
0: That's not going to do anything.
1: Yeah. Too late.
0: Yep. After talking with Cram and Rossi, Gacy had Cram drive him to a meeting with his lawyer, Leroy Stevens. As Gacy spoke with him, Cram told surveillance officers that Gacy told him and Rossi that he had confessed to over 30 murders with his lawyer that previous evening. Gacy then had Cram drive him to Mary Hill Cemetery, where his father was buried. As Gacy drove to other locations that morning, police outlined the formal draft of their second search warrant, specifically to search for the body of Robert Pites in the crawlspace. One hearing from the surveillance detectives that Gacy's behavior was erratic, excuse me, and he might commit suicide, police decided to arrest him on charge of possession and distribution of cannabis in order to hold him in custody as a search warrant was presented. So they didn't want him to kill himself because hmm They wanted to find pipes Smart.
1: At 4.30 p.m. on December 21st, the eve of the hearing of Gacy's civil suit, Judge Marvin J. Peters granted the request of the second search warrant. Police told Gacy that they attended the search across crawl space for the body of Pite. Gacy denied uh, that the teenager was buried there, but confessed to have killing a young man in self-defense and buried him in his garage. Police and evidence text drove to Gacy's home. Gacy had unplugged the sub-pump from the... Which flooded the crawl space with water. To clear it, they plugged it back in and waited for the water to drain. After it had done so, the evidence tech, Daniel Genty, entered the 28 by 38 foot crawl space and crawled to the southwest area to begin digging. Within minutes, he uncovered the petrified flesh of a human arm bone. Gentry immediately shouted out to the investigators that they could charge Gacy with murder, adding, I think this place is full of kids. A police photographer dug in the northeast corner of the crawlspace and uncovered a kneecap. The two began digging in the southeast corner and uncovered two lower leg bones.
0: That would be so terrible.
1: Yeah, that's so...
0: And it'd be wet in there because all the water... I don't think it got up in the
1: crawlspace. It probably was just on the floor so they couldn't get to the crawlspace. Yeah. But, I mean, it would still be...
0: (sighs) Yeah, Gross. The victims were too decomposed to uh, to be pipes. The body discovered in the northeast corner was later unearthed. A crime scene tech discovered the skull of a second victim alongside his body. Later excavations of the feet of the second victim revealed a further skull beneath the body. So he's just burying them on top of each other. Because of this, Tex returned to the trench where the first body was unearthed, discovering a rib cage of a fourth victim within the crawl space, confirming the scale of the murders. After Gacy was told the police had found human remains, Gacy told officers he wanted to clear the air, adding he had known his arrest was inevitable since the previous evening he'd spent on his lawyer's couch.
1: In the early morning of December 22nd, in the presence of his lawyers, Gacy provided a formal statement where he confessed to murdering approximately 30 young males, all who had entered his house willingly. Um, Some victims were referred to by name, but Gacy claimed to not know or remember most of the names. He claimed that they were all teenage males, runaways, or male prostitutes, and the majority of them had been buried in the crawl space. He claimed he'd only dug um, five of the victims' graves, and he he had his employees dig the remaining trenches so he would have graves available. In 1979, he planned to conceal the corpses by covering the crawl space with concrete. When questioned about uh, specifically about Peist, um, Gacy confessed to luring him into his house and strangling him on the evening of December 11th. He admitted he had slept alongside Peist's body that evening before dumping him in the De Plains River in the early hours of December 13th. Um, on his way to the police station, he had a minor traffic accident uh, disposing, after dis- the disposing of Peist. The vehicle had slid off an ice-covered road and had to be
0: towed. At least for his sake, it was after he disposed of him. Yeah,
1: Wouldn't it would... that be
0: a bitch? Yeah. Gacy was dri- driven to the spot on I-55 where he confessed to having thrown Pites, Langdon's, and three other victims' body in the river that summer. Gacy was then taken to his house and instructed to mark his garage floor with the orange spray paint to show where he had buried the individual he killed in self-defense, who Gacy named as John Budkevich, To assistant Assist officers in their search of the bodies, Gacy drew a rough diagram of his basement and where the bodies were buried. Twenty-six bodies were dug up in Gacy's crawlspace over the next week. Two more were later unearthed elsewhere on his property. Everybody discovered... Every body discovered was put in a body bag, given a number, and was placed by the front door to go to the mortuary. Victims were all in advanced states states of decomp, so they used dental records and x-ray charts to help identify the remains. 23 victims were identified via dental records, and two were identified by skeletal trauma. Several bodies were found with ropes still around their necks or foreign objects found in their pelvic regions, which means they were thrust in the victim's anus. 12 victims did not die of strangulation, but asphyxiation. Casey's vacant house was demolished in April 1979, which I'm surprised they did so quickly.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm, what else are you going to do with it?
0: I mean, I feel like, though, what if there's evidence that you missed?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that is true, but... Oof.
0: Not that Could you, you imagine being enough. that
1: lady who was and hearing screams,
0: no, and yeah. realizing what they were, or the employees that were digging trenches in the <sighs> down there, thinking they were doing something? Like, I
1: think most of them got killed though. That's true. Because but still, the victim found six miles downstream from the I-55 bridge on third on June 30th was not connected with the Gacy or with Gacy initially. In January 1975, the wow, 79. I'm sorry. This victim was identified using fingerprints as Timothy O'Rourke. This was victim number 31.
0: Frank Langdon's cause of death was suffocation. His underwear was lodged down his throat, plugging his airway, which caused him to drown in his own vomit. He was victim number 32.
1: Man, that's about the worst thing I can imagine. Yeah. That's awful.
0: On December 28th, another body was linked to Gacy's... um, was found one mile from the I-55 bridge. The victim was James Maraza, who Gacy confessed to murdering after Thanksgiving. He had been strangled. On April 9, 1979, a decomposed body was discovered entangled in exposed roots on the edge of the Des Plaines River. The body was identified using dental records, and it was Robert Pites. An autopsy revealed three wads of paper-like material had been shoved down his throat while he was alive, causing him to suffocate.
1: Gacy was brought to trial on February 6, 1980, and charged with 33 murders. He was tried in Cook County, Illinois, before Judge Louis Garoppolo, and the jury was selected from Rockford because because of all the press coverage in Cook County. At the request of his defense counsel, Gacy spent over 300 hours with doctors at the Menard Correctional Center the year before his trial and underwent a variety of psychological tests before a panel of psychiatrists to determine if he was mentally competent to stand trial. Casey tried to convince the doctors he had multiple personality disorder. He claimed to have four personalities: the workaholic, the civic-minded contractor, the clown, and the active cup politician. Oh, and a policeman called Jack Hanley, who was referred to as Bad Jack.
0: Bad Jack.
1: He confessed claiming it was the crimes of Jack, who detested homosexuality, who viewed the male prostitutes as weak, stupid, and degraded scum. Hmm.
0: Is this the same one who demanded Oral sex. Yeah. Which one was that? It doesn't add up. I don't know. Gacy's lawyer lawyers opted to have Gacy plead not guilty by reason of his sanity to the charges against him. There were three psychiatric experts at Gacy's trial testified. They found him to be a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personality disorder. The prosecutors presented that Gacy was sane and in full control of his actions and called several witnesses to testify. There was premeditation. Like we talked about digging the trenches, (laughs) that's all premeditated, Um, looking over the shoulders to make sure they didn't deviate from where they were marked. On February 18th, Robert Stein testified that all the bodies on Gacy's property were decomposed and putrefied skeletalized remains. And that all the autopsies he performed, 13 died of asphyxiation, 6 died of ligature strangulation, 1 of multiple stab wounds to the chest, and 10 in undetermined ways. Gacy's defense said that all 33 deaths were caused by accidental erotic asphyxia. I mean, okay. Accidental. Accidental. 33 times. Yeah. No.
1: Not one of them on purpose.
0: Right. I feel like you're doing it wrong. Yeah, what are the odds? (laughs)
1: Jeffrey Rignall testified on behalf of the defense on February 21st, recounting his ordeal and wept while describing the torture Gacy put him through during cross-examination while going over the torture. Rignall threw up and was excused from further testimony.
0: That would be really tough.
1: Yeah. February 29th, Donald Voorhees testified against Gacy and told the court about Gacy paying another team to mace him and beat him up to avoid testifying. Voorhees felt unable to testify, but did attempt to keep going. Uh, before asking to step down. Robert Donnelly testified a week after Voorhees and recounted his ordeal with Gacy. Donnelly was distressed and recalled the abuse he endured. He came close to breaking down on several occasions. As Donnelly testified, Gacy repeatedly laughed at him.
0: What an ass.
1: Yeah, but he did finish the testimony.
0: Good for you, Donnelly.
1: During Donnelly's cross-examination, one of Gacy's defense attorneys attempted to discredit his testimony, but... Donnelly did not waver. Good
0: for him. I would have
1: such a hard time not like going off on somebody,
0: like jumping across the thing we'll and just, beating somebody's ass.
1: I'm pretty sure they stop you if you just yell, but I'd be like, you, I'd be cussing. It would be bad. Yeah, it'd be a bad scene.
0: Strike it from the record.
1: I'd be, oof, yeah, it would be not good.
0: During the fifth week of the trial, Gacy wrote a personal letter to the judge requesting a mistrial. He did not approve of his lawyer's insanity plea, and he didn't like that the lawyers didn't let him take the witness stand. While the judge addressed his letter, it was dismissed as Gacy had a choice in the matter whether he wished to testify or not, and he was not denied any opportunities. On March 11th, final arguments were read by the prosecution and the defense. There were four hours worth of closing statements. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. Most from William Kunkel, who was... The prosecutor, he stood in front of a display board with the 22 identified victims and told the jury to show the same sympathy this man showed when he took these lives and put them there. He took the photos off the board and threw them on the trap door to Gacy's crawl space that had been introduced as evidence. That's pretty riveting stuff. <laughs> The jury deliberated for less than 2 hours and found Gacy guilty of all 33 charges. He also found was found guilty of sexual assault and taking indecent liberties with a child. Both both of those convictions were in reference to Robert Pites. The conviction of 33 murders was the largest number for one individual in the US history. That that but to that point.
1: For that time, yeah. Yeah. The jury sentenced Gacy to death for each murder and his execution date was set for June 2nd, 1980. Gacy was sent to Menard Correctional Center in Chester, Illinois, where he remained on death row for 14 years. Before his trial, Gacy made contact with WLS TV journalist Russ Ewing and granted him several interviews between 1979 and 1981. The information given by Gacy would help identify the first victim. February 15, 1983, Henry Bisbin, uh, hello, oh, hello, a fellow death row hello, inmate, fellow, <laughs> known as <laughs> I, the I-57 killer. Stabbed Gacy in the arm with a sharpened wire while uh, Gacy was participating in a voluntary work program.
0: Should have got his heart.
1: Yeah. That's Gacy. pretty bad if a killer is like, fuck this
0: guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. Maybe he just wanted to keep on killing, though. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to stop. That's true. Gacy filed appeals several times, um, obviously, because his original execution date was June 2nd, 1980. 80, mm-hmm. Okay? We're already at, what, 1984? Yeah. <laughs> And and it takes a while anyway, but um, in mid-1984, the Supreme Court upheld Gacy's conviction and ordered his execution by lethal injection November 14th. Gacy then filed another appeal, which was denied. All it is doing, though, like, he knows they're going to get denied. It's just extending his right. life. Yeah. So it was denied in March 1985. The following year, they filed another appeal, which was dismissed on September 11th, 1986. Gacy appealed the 1985 decision that he'd be executed, and a new execution date of January 11th, 1989 was set. He filed another appeal in 1993, which was denied, and his execution date was set for May 10th, 1994.
1: See, like, that is annoying to me.
0: That it's 14 years?
1: Well, I mean, it's just like, there's no way this guy's going to get off. He did it. Yeah, no. There's
0: no, I mean...
1: Right. I think I talked about this before on the show, but, like, I was watching this one documentary, and this guy committed, I think it was four murders, and they only tried him for two in case something went wrong with the, like, the, the.
0: Evidence Yeah, something. just, like, the process. Uh-huh. So
1: that way, if something went wrong, they had two more they could fall back on. Uh-huh. So that's what they should have done, is done, like, five murders. Right. So then it'd be like, yeah, if you get appealed for this one, we're going to charge you with five more murders.
0: Well, he's never going to like, win the appeal, but you still have, that's, that's. The hard part with our justice system. Yeah. Is that you can appeal as many times as you want, but it's not gonna do anything other than extend your life. And at some point, I mean, I don't know how it is in jail, but I don't really know why you'd want to extend that. Mm-mm. Anyway, yeah. Uh
1: where are we at? The morning of May 9th, um, 1994, Casey was transferred from Menard Correctional Center to Statesville Correctional Center in Crest Hill, Illinois, to be executed. That afternoon, he was allowed a private picnic on prison grounds with his family. For his last meal, he ordered a bucket of KFC, a dozen fried shrimp, French fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke.
0: That's what I order. You got to get a Diet Coke, though, to offset.
1: Yeah, true.
0: And K- K- KUFK. He got the KUFK.
1: That evening, he prayed with a Catholic priest before being escorted to Statesville execution chamber to receive his lethal injection. Mm
0: -hmm. May 10th, 1994. Before the execution began, the chemicals used to affect the execution solidified, creating a clogging in the IV tube. So the administrator had to close the blinds. For, for the execution window, unclog everything, and then after 10 minutes, the blinds were reopened and the execution resumed. The entire pro- procedure took 18 minutes, and he was pronounced dead at 12.58 a.m. His last words were, kiss my ass.
1: Nice. Poetic. After,
0: yeah. After his death, his brain was removed and was given to Hel- Helen Morrison, who was a witness for the defense at Gacy's trial. She's trying to isolate a common personality trait of violent psychopaths. After that, his body was cremated. Gacy was the 11th murderer. This is from one of those websites that I got the last time I cite in the sources. But he was the 11th murderer as executed in the U.S. in 1994. The 175th murder executed in the U.S. since 1976. The first murder executed in Illinois in 1994. And the second murder executed in Illinois since 1976. Hmm. Pretty interesting.
1: In the following months, many of Gacy's paintings were auctioned. Uh, some were bought so they could be destroyed in a 1994 communal bonfire held in Napier Valley, Illinois. Um and was attended by 300 people, including the members of nine Gacy's victims. That's probably very cathartic to be like, fuck this dude. Right, we're burning it. Yeah. In October 2011, Cook County Sheriff announced that uh, investigators obtained full DNA profiles for each of the unidentified victims and were searching for matches. November 2011 and as recent as July 2017, Two bodies have been identified, and six victims still remain unidentified.
0: That's pretty amazing that that much time could pass, and you can still hopefully give closure to some of these people's families.
1: Yeah, that'd be tough.
0: Yeah. When Gacy was arrested, he claimed to have killed 45 victims, but only 33 bodies were found. When Gacy was asked if there were more victims, he stated, that's for you guys to figure out. What a dick. Mm Mm-hmm. One good thing to come out of all of this was in 1984, the uh, Sam Amaranti, one of Gacy's defense attorneys, helped adjust the Missing Child Recovery Act of 1984 um, that stated the police had to wait 72 hours before initiating a search for a missing child or adolescent this weight had been removed and um, mor- morphed into the child abduction emergency, which is now more commonly known as the Amber Alert. Huh. So that's one good thing that took place yeah, that's for all this shit. Uh,
1: while in prison, Gacy began to paint. He chose various subjects such as birds, skulls, murderers, clowns, etc. He had a high ho series, which included scenes from The Seven Dwarfs. Um, Gacy was allowed to sell his paintings to earn money until 1985, but claimed his artwork... Was intended to bring joy into people's lives. Many of his paintings have been displayed at exhibitions, and others have been sold at auctions. Prices range from two hundred thousand or two hundred dollars to twenty thousand dollars. Following Gacy's death, family members publicly burned several of his paintings, like we stated before. Yeah, yeah.
0: And this was, I think, up until nineteen eighty-five. Kill like people on death row were allowed to make money off the stuff that they did, and then they did away with that hmm. because that's not right. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So we are almost done. We've got a few famous quotes to leave you with. This one is, I feel, the most interesting. Um, John Wayne Gacy says, If Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't meet the legal test of insanity, God help the one that does meet it. I mean it. It has to be really something. If Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't meet it, then nobody does. And for me, it's a psychological ploy to use. So he's talking about the insanity plea. Right. Jeffrey Dahmer didn't get it. And if Jeffrey doesn't get it, then nobody's going to get it. Because, obviously, he killed people and ate them. And that's just way out of John Wayne Gacy's realm.
1: Right. Yeah. but yeah. he does all sunshine and rainbows. Right. That's, that's weird. People, These people are, I mean, Crazy. obviously, yeah. Another one is, the dead won't bother you. It's the living you have to worry about.
0: That one I don't necessarily disagree with. Yeah. Um, and he said to... To detectives, a clown can get away with murder.
1: Uh, wow. Ooh, this one's morbid. He said, I should have never been convicted of anything more serious than running a cemetery without a license.
0: That must have been the bad Jack. Ugh, That's fucked. I that quoted that. And the last one that we have for you is the idea that I'm a homosexual thrill killer, that I stroll down the streets and stalk young boys and slaughter them. Hell, if you could see my schedule, my work schedule, you knew damn well that I was never out there. What about the 33 bodies? So, cider sources, I use Wiki, Murderpedia, Biography, Britannica, and clowprosecutor.org. So, that is a very long, exhausting John Wayne Gacy.
1: Yeah, go listen to something happy now.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> watch cat videos. Yeah,
1: there you go. Whew, that was so, a lot.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. Please rate, review, subscribe, and we will come at you next week with some more morbid shit.
1: Yep, more spooky stuff.
0: Yeah. All
1: right, have a good week, y'all.
0: All right, bye.
1: Bye.